Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Brent Freeman from StealthVentureLabs.com. Stealth is a team of seasoned e-commerce veterans with decades of experience in profitably scaring brands online. In the last seven years, they've generated over $750 million in recurring revenue for their clients while catalyzing over a billion dollars in mergers and acquisitions, all while giving back to those in need. Brent, thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. All right. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did Stealth Venture Labs get started? Out of pure frustration, I've been an e-commerce operator uh, my whole career. I've been running businesses for 15 plus years. Uh, I had a venture-backed startup when I was living in LA at the time, and we were an online marketplace for socially conscious brands. And um, I happened to be one of the first advertisers on Facebook um, as the operator. And then as that brand started to grow and scale, I needed to hire in-house. Um, and I couldn't find people because it was such a new platform, an advertising medium. Couldn't find people that had experience. And so then I hired agencies and then I hired and fired agencies, hired and fired agencies. And they would bring in these junior people, sell me the world, bring in these junior people um, until, you know, three, six months down the line. It didn't work until eventually I was so frustrated that I had to build a bespoke in-house team. And by the time I did all of that and cracked the code of like from the operator seat, how the 360 degrees uh, full funnel marketing um, growth engine worked, we missed the, the, the wave of our fundraising. And uh, we were about a year and a half too late. And then the market went soft for our Series A. Uh, the moment we opened our, our A round, had some term sheets on the table. Um, the biggest competitor and kind of comp in the market uh, laid off 400 people. 
and uh, went from a billion dollar valuation to selling for 15 million. And that was the end of our story. And so I had built this great engine um, and all my hopes and dreams over five years kind of came crashing down overnight. And I was determined. I walked away uh, with no money um, and uh, we lost we lost everything. I was on the verge of bankruptcy and I, I said, you know, I'm not going to walk away from this venture with the financial gains that I was hoping and expecting. I'm going to walk away with the learnings that I can apply to my next uh, my next everything. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I, I packed up uh, my bag for a long four day weekend in a really cheap um, Airbnb in, in the Big Bear Mountains up in, uh, up in LA. Took my dog, shut off my cell phone and I poured over all of the data and what went well and what didn't, uh, processed my, my grief of the failure. I well started to, that, that, the processing took a little bit longer <laughs> after the full failure. Uh, and um, I came out those mountains, like, you know, with Moses on his tablets with the things that worked well that I was determined to apply to uh, my next ventures. And one of those was the marketing methodologies. And, um, and that's how Stealth Venture Labs began. I went and joined a VC fund as an entrepreneur in residence. Uh, to help them uh, as they were investing in consumer internet brands um, and helping, and those consumer internet brands started asking me, how do I build this engine in-house? And that's really how we began from the operator seat, knowing how traditional agencies um, were kind of like churning and burning on clients and really taking in junior people to learn on your dime um, and what that does to the operator. And um, I wanted to build more brands. And so I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build an engine, a core engine that I can use uh, to launch my own brands, um, drink my own Kool-Aid, so to speak, and do this for, uh, for other founders. And so we've been around for about eight years. Uh, the first half of this business was co-founding businesses, actually, earning equity, co-founding them, um, helping them establish uh, product market fit and grow and scale to uh, some to 10 plus million and beyond. And then helping um, bigger brands really scale. Uh, we've done well in, in the meal kit space with Home Chef and Factor 75 and some other big brands. So um, it was really founded out of a failure of a, of a vertical brand and frustration of a traditional agency model, feeling like there wasn't a solution out there uh, that understood e-commerce uh, and growth marketing from the operator seat. And that's how we began. That is an incredible story. And I'm sure the longer version is in a book somewhere. And if it's not, it should be. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Well, hey, when you write it, let us know. I'd be happy to talk to you about our uh, about a publishing company. Um, so let's talk about you could. I mean, we could spend all day unpacking your journey. Let's talk about for our listeners and our viewers. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see e-commerce companies making when it comes to trying to scale the way you guys scale? Wow, um, that's a big question. Um, I, I, I'm going to kind of bring it down to different phases, okay? So because I think if you're an early stage business, zero to one, um, you're going to have a very different challenge finding that early product market fit than if you're trying to scale through a 10, 20, $30 million growth plateau. Um, in that zero to one phase, it's really about listening to the market and not falling in love with your baby, uh, so much so that you become blinded to the market signals. Um, so many times, these, and I, I was uh, one of those entrepreneurs in the company that ended up failing. I was, uh, if we had pivoted to what the market had told us, which was we were growing off the back of the yoga vertical under this whole marketplace. And if we had just become a yoga uh, vertical marketplace, it would have been a gangbusters growth. We were right place, right time. And we, you know, it was just a you know, huge mistake. And so these early, early um, ventures, it's about you have a hypothesis and then you have market realities. It's about listening to the market realities and then adjusting and adapting to them, both positioning, price and promotion. 
and not falling in love with your baby so much so that you you don't listen and go in the direction of where consumer demand is. You know, that that weekend that I went up into the mountains, I also came down with these what I call my five criteria um, of product market fit. And it starts with a really passionate audience that is scalable, that then you have a unique value proposition, you have enough margin, and then you solve a market pain. And I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs have an idea and they're a hammer looking for a nail, not really solving a pain. And so that zero to one early product market is about being quick, adapting, listening to the market. And sometimes the most dangerous place to be is that gray zone of, of what I call gray zone of death, which is it kind of works. Kind of works, trickles you and bleeds you to die through you know, paper cuts. Um, product market fit is it effing works or it doesn't. And when it works, it's like you can't, you, it's a tiger by the tail. You can't stop your phone from buzzing from all the orders that are coming in. And if it doesn't work, very clear, zero sales, that's obvious, but when it kind of works or the CACs are somewhat high and not tenable because your margins aren't really there, um, that's when you need to really work on the fundamentals. It's like in sports, your footwork matters, right? And, and when it goes back to the basis, the fundamentals are good profit margin business, you're in a big audience, they're passionate, they need your product, you solve a pain, um, and uh, your product is, is unique enough to get their attention in, in a disruptive medium like advertising. So from a, from a zero to one phase, that's what we've learned um, really early. It's to be nimble, it's to listen to the market, it's to have enough margin in there, and it's you need to be able to stomach the testing. With iOS 14 and all the privacy stuff that have rolled out, um, it's really hurt small brands to be able to come to market quickly and learn because customer acquisition costs have gone through the roof and CPCs are through the roof. And so it's really about being able to stomach the learnings. Your first media dollars for six months could be just about investing in data to understand what direction to go. As you get into these growth plateaus, and these growth plateaus, typically we find it like uh, zero, to, zero to a million, five million, 10 million, in that 20 30 to 30 million range, and then kind of beyond. The growth plateaus uh, become about, it's not just cadence and rhythm of doing more of what it is you did to get you uh, to where you are, but it's about the diversification of media. We look at the media uh, landscape like an investment portfolio. Um, your investment portfolio is you have your 401k, um, hopefully, and in your 401k, um, you're not gonna get rich off of it uh, overnight. It takes a long time to mature. That's like SEO, but you're damn sure happy you did that, right? Uh, because it takes time to mature and compound on itself, but it doesn't go away overnight, all the way through to maybe your crypto investing, right? your altcoin investing, which oftentimes could be like your Snapchats or your Pinterest or your TikToks um, or your expansion channels. And then in the center is typically your SEM or your metaverse, your meta, um, Facebook, Instagram, advertising, your direct response. And then in those kind of various levels of risk are like your affiliates and your um, Taboola and Outbrains and your different media mixes. And as you hit these growth plateaus, your media mix needs to expand accordingly. Because a common misnomer for a lot of entrepreneurs is that as you grow, um, your customer acquisition costs will go down. Not true. Your early adopters are your cheapest, your most effective. And as you grow, you actually need to expand your lifetime value to give you more CAC customer acquisition costs, allowable room to be able to expand your media. Secret of the internet and direct response is the, the person who can pay the most for the customer profitably wins, period. And so as you expand outward, um, as you expand outward in your media channels, your lifetime value needs to also expand to support that. And what we did uh, with Home Chef, a meal kit delivery brand, um, very early, they came to us uh, and I plugged in as interim CMO and our team came in and they were doing about uh, five to 10 million in ARR, um, not even delivering to the West Coast. 
And um, they needed to scale to their Series B. They had raised, they had a good cap table, but they needed to get, um, they were really behind the curve of the big meal kits, the Blue Aprons of the world, the Hello Freshes. Um, and they needed to grow and scale. And so we were one of the first to actually implement the user-generated content uh, media strategy with them using um, some news clips they got on ABC and some UGC. Um, this was very early in 2017, 2018. Um, and helped them use that by whitelisting um, in the back end of, of influencers um, to be able to imp implement it in people's feeds in a very authentic way. Um, and by utilizing that strategy in a manner in which as that campaign got flight and took off, naturally these campaigns, they don't always stay evergreen. They kind of have a natural peak and then a trough. And then as that gets flight and that's getting its peak, we implement the next one. And so as this one's getting into its trough, we reduce the delta between the top and the bottom as the new campaigns are getting their flights. Um, and, and things, tactics like that, as you expand across your media mix, help you keep your CACs in a reasonable level. And then a business intelligence look into the whole business to manage your business on a blended customer acquisition cost basis, not just in-channel. If you are trying to manage in-channel at $100 customer acquisition cost and you scale your media 10x and you continue to try to manage your customer acquisition cost in-channel on Facebook at 100 you're going to artificially pin down where volume is. And so as we look, going back to the Home Chef uh, example, as we looked at their media on a blended basis and their LTV to CAC ratio, we realized they could actually pay about 30% more in channel uh, for, their, for, their, for a profitable customer acquisition because on a blended basis, it really, it really came down. And as we lifted those ceilings, um, they found significant volume. And that's where scale took off. And so, so these are kind of two examples of an enterprise scale. And then they went to, they, they scaled to 100 million ARR in, in 12 months um, and eventually sold to Kroger for about 700 million. Um, and it was, it's really just about understanding what arrows in the quiver to pull out uh, at what stage, listening to the market early on to get that PMF, that product market fit. And then as you scale into those next plateaus, um, knowing the order of operations. And that's where the experience comes in. And, you know, we don't hire any junior people, uh, any entry level, anybody. Um, and so people who come into us, they need to be experts. They need to have done it before. Uh, they need to know what they're doing so they're not learning on our client's dime because that, you know, people pay us to get results quick. That makes a lot of sense. And that's probably a multi-day seminar in that answer. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? You know, um, I'm a technical expert in the digital marketing side of things, but my passion is in running companies. Um, it's in the people side. It's in the culture side. I think I'm most proud of what it is we do um, and how we take care of our team, um, how we really protect our team's work-life balance. We're not venture-backed. Uh, it's been bootstrapped from day one. And so we provide 100% of health, vision, and dental for all of our employees and their dependents, the best PPO money can buy. Um, as well as volunteer days off. We have our own nonprofit. Um, we do something in, the, in our workplace called appreciation languages. It's like five love languages, but for the workplace. So people are recognizing each other based upon how they feel appreciated. Uh, we have four month uh, uh, paid parental leave, 100% of, of your salary. Um, and so the, the thing that I'm really passionate about is the social enterprise side of running our business before profit. But how do we use business and embed social good into how we operate. So as we grow and scale, um, so does our impact in the world. And that's really where I'm passionate about. And obviously we are good at the technical side of the marketing bit. Um, but, uh, you know, if you want to really geek out, it's like, let's get into the psychology of how we eliminate Sunday scaries for people, how we reduce stress for them, 
um, so that they can be more creative and so that their cortisol isn't constantly spike and them being in fight or flight, which ultimately leads to long-term disease. Um, and so the, the, my passion, true passion is in that piece of the business. And, um, and of course I love creating. So we, you know, we launched our own brands uh, in COVID. Uh, we built a, um, uh, a, a really fun brand called Nona Live, which is a uh, Italian cooking class online, live stream from Italy with Italian, real Italian grandmothers and a host to translate. And you learn how to make pasta live with them in a, a two hour session. And, uh, and so, so though, yeah, those are kind of some of the, the things that I'm really passionate about. That is awesome. And, and, and you've been on such an incredible journey. For our viewers and listeners who want to learn more, where is the best place for us to send them? Yeah, so if if you're a, a, an e-commerce uh, owner operator or you're you know working inside of an e-commerce brand, Stealth Venture Labs uh, is our is our company site, stealthventurelabs.com. That's the best place to reach us. Our contact form comes right in. We read them all. Um, people can email me brent.freeman at stealthventurelabs.com. I reply to everybody. It takes me a couple of days, but I reply to everybody. Um, and then I have my own personal website, uh, brentfreeman.me, um, and, and that's a work in progress. It's kind of the cobbler has no shoes situation. I'm writing a book behind the scenes on how, you know, my own personal journey and growth through grief and loss and as an entrepreneur and some of the deeper things in, inside of there. But um, yeah, those are kind of the best ways. All right. That is awesome. We greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. This has been Seth Green with Brent Freeman of Stealth Venture Labs. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you next time. Thanks, Brent, again, thanks, for joining Seth. us. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727 888 2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.